and welcome to Soilmates, the podcast for plant lovers by plant lovers. I'm your host Khadija, recording from my urban jungle in Lisbon, Portugal. Throughout the episodes, I will be talking to plant enthusiasts from all over the world. They will be sharing their stories with their soilmates, from the crush and the sweet honeymoon times, all the way down to the rocky road with all its ups and downs and finally to the everlasting love. This is episode 2 and let's say hi to our guest and find out where she's from and what's the name of her soilmate. Hi, I'm Irene from Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. My soilmate? I think I have to say it's the Heliconias. We've been together for nearly four years. Kuala Lumpur, I thought we should dedicate at least one of the summer episodes to traveling to some remote tropical place. So this week I'm taking you guys to the lush and dense rainforest of Malaysia. I was totally blown away when I stumbled upon Irene's Instagram account some time ago. Oh my god! Irene lives in this lovely home with a beautiful tropical garden that she's been designing, building, nurturing and growing along the years. And her house itself is also fully surrounded by nature. And when you live in such a tropical heaven, why would you bring your plants indoors if conditions are perfect all year for them to thrive outdoors, right? So when I asked Irene how it all started and what sparked her love for plants in the first place, of course it had all started outdoors. How did I get into gardening and, and living plants? Well, it started about four years ago as I moved into this new house. And then it has a patch of land and I thought, hmm, let's make it look nice and let's do some landscaping. And so I started buying plants for the landscaping. The problem was that I just never stopped buying plants. I hate to say this, but then plant shopping became a real joy to me. I love going out to shop and hunt for plants. And when COVID and the lockdown came, I continued shopping online. And it was really quite a thrill, just, just I think, the chase and the hunt for plants. I can't say it's entirely healthy, but um, that was what I was up to. Over the past year, I've actually noticed on Instagram how the pandemic lockdowns have been fueling the growth of houseplant collectors and how houseplants suddenly became trendy. I guess during all these quarantines, we've all had to find a hobby. Practicing yoga, learning to knit, making all sorts of breads and cakes, whatever kept us going through the long and tedious days. And many people started trying to bring the outdoors indoors in the form of potted plants of all sizes and types. And the luckiest of them had gardens and could even practice outdoor gardening like Irene. So I do have a very, very lush garden now. It's just stuffed with plants, but somehow I always managed to find space for them. And I think it was also, um, I was very much influenced by what I saw in social media and Facebook and Instagram. And that's a great trigger for me to then keep looking for new plants. So I have to admit, I did splash on quite a bit on um, the garden and buying plants, but I have to say I have um, no regrets of making a very nice garden because now in times of COVID, you know, we can't go out anywhere and it's really nice to have like a, a resort style garden at home that I could enjoy. I haven't been out at all in the past four months except for two times and that was to get my vaccine. 
Having a garden or even just a balcony in pandemic times is totally priceless. And in addition to that, Irene not only knows a lot about tropical plants, but she also loves sharing her knowledge and passion. She does that through her YouTube channel, Leafing Around, which is all about care tips, gardening, DIY hacks, and tropical garden tours. As of today, Leafing Around has more than 61,000 subscribers and counting. I asked Irene how the channel came about. Ah yeah, this is a funny one. So last year, around about May or June, after a period of about a three-month hard lockdown in Malaysia, I invited a friend called Robin Wong from my hometown. He lives now in Kuala Lumpur to have lunch at my house. It was uh, for a very special dish called the Sarawak Laksa. And you can hardly find it here. Anyway, over lunch, then I discovered, uh, I really haven't caught up with him for a long time, that he had become a YouTuber. And then when he saw that I had a lot of plants around and that um, I could speak, he said, hey, Irene, you should have your plant YouTube channel. Go on, try it. Uh, and so that's how it started. My first video was incredibly horrible. It was basically me cutting away the leaves of my Monsteric Thai constellation because they were having some rust problems and fungal infection. And I was saying, hmm, this could be a way to save it. Uh, but in the end, they, they all died. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to sound cheesy, but I just found it very fulfilling when people tell me that I have inspired them to also make their own garden, help them with ideas how to design their own. And then suddenly I felt like I was some kind of a landscape design guru. So that was pretty cool. So yeah, the first video was quite a bit of a fumble, but I think we got to start somewhere. So the rest of my YouTube journey had been pretty awesome, I have to say. I connected with much, much more of you than I expected. And uh, because I basically spent the entire 2020 transforming my garden, I was able to share that journey with, with everyone, you know, uh, working on the hardscaping, the renovation, the plant shopping. And also when times allowed, I visited my friend's garden and was able to take some of you to um, some very, very cool private gardens in Malaysia. Okay, so basically, if you're into tropical plants, you need to know Irene, her garden, her friend's gardens, and her whole universe. Personally, I think she lives in paradise. And let me tell you, her crush for heliconias is a really serious one. Let's find out why. The heliconia with its huge foliage and very, very showy, I will have to say, uh, flowers or bracts, I always view they throw off this great tropical vibes, just reminding me of a tropical retreat. So when we went house hunting four years ago, and then we stumbled upon this house, and as I went into the backyard, it was filled with heliconias of all types. And I was so enchanted, it just felt so magical, and the place felt so right that we ended up buying the house. So. You could say I'm now here because of the heliconia. I'm now at this house that I'm in because of the heliconias that I fell in love with. 
Okay, guys, I told you this was serious. If you know of someone else who bought a house because they fell in love with the plants in its garden, please let me know. Heliconias are gorgeous flowering plants that can be found in tropical forests. There are almost 200 species of them and they are mostly native to the tropical Americas and some of them are indigenous to western Pacific Islands and Indonesia. Fun fact, many common names that are used for heliconias are referring to the shapes and colors of their leaves and flowers. These names include lobster claws, parrot beak or toucan beak. If you have seen heliconia flowers, you will definitely understand how these nicknames make sense. Heliconias are also known as false bird of paradise and wild plantains because their petal-shaped leaves are similar to the leaves of the bird of paradise and banana plants. Let's hear about how Irene took care of the heliconias in her garden. I had such a roller coaster ride with the heliconias. When we moved into the new place, as with many new homeowners, you would do some minor renovation and touch-ups, and we engaged the contractors to do that. One day, my husband came to me and said, I have terrible news for you, and uh, please don't freak out. He then revealed to me that the workers, in an attempt to paint the garden walls, have pretty much damaged all the heliconias. I went immediately to the site to have a look and I was devastated. The heliconias were mostly broken and trashed. The workers just didn't know how much I have valued the heliconias and they thought the primary key objective was just to get the fence, the wall painted. But oh my God, I was devastated. And so I insisted this contractor to compensate for the damage of my heliconias. You will pay for this. And insist that he buy me mature and a lot of plants to replace them, which, um, to his credit, he did. And so we planted in the new heliconias alongside with these broken heliconias that were still on the ground. And after that, I felt like it wasn't enough, so I went out to buy more for myself and created, like, tried to create back to what it was before. However, after three or four months, I was struck by a disaster because there was just simply too many heliconias. The old ones, the original ones, were still there and they started growing. And I had about triple the amount of heliconias that I should have. It was just messy, plants were falling all over each other and I just didn't know what to do. I engaged in someone to help me to have a look at the situation and he told me I have to dig every single one of my heliconia out and then to plant them sparsely, like give them a lot of space between each other so that they have room to grow and be established. And he taught me too that heliconias, the roots are actually quite um, invasive. Well, they pretty much would grow everywhere that you allow them to. So you also say, I better put a barrier. So what I have into the ground are barriers um, of about two feet down so that it limits the growth of the heliconias uh, beyond the borders that I have set. So we put all of these in and I have to say, in about four to five months after that, uh, things started to look better. So I, I was quite happy. So 
you just need time for the garden to establish itself. Oh, wow, that's a lot of heliconias in and heliconias out. Plants are so resilient, so basically the heliconias that Irene thought had been destroyed by the contractor were actually still alive and after some time they grew again. And she ended up having her garden invaded with heliconias. I asked Irene about the other challenges she had with growing heliconias in the garden. The challenges I've also had with heliconias are simply um, they can fall all over each other. Like the heliconia rostrata especially because the beautiful bracts are so are pretty heavy. So you do need sometimes to give it support. So I would stack pieces of wood or bamboos and then we have to tie them to make sure that they are standing upright. And another thing was a friend came to visit me and he said, ah, there is absolutely no flowers on your heliconias. You have to fertilize it. And I thought, what a great advice it was. So I put in a generous amount of fertilizer and my lesson was be careful what how much you sprinkle on because too much then burnt my leaves. A lot of my leaves were burnt and yellow and that was my lesson in you know knowing how much fertilizer and to be more moderate in it. Oh wow, I've read that heliconias are actually heavy feeders and grow best with regular applications of fertilizers. And I feel that this is generally something that works better, you know, applying small quantities, but at a regular pace. But anyways, I guess many of us have burnt a few plants before discovering that, right? Another thing about heliconias is also once they have flowered, they don't flower anymore. So you could or you should chop down the ones that have already flowered for you so that it sends more energy into the new shoots. Now let's hear Irene's takeaways of this whole learning process with her soil mate. So the Heliconia are really, really encouraged for anyone who's living in the tropical or maybe even subtropical climates. And if you are in a place where you have land, it is, I feel, an essential plant for a tropical garden. And it is so rewarding and so easy. And you will see also sunbirds coming by or hummingbirds coming by. They are a great source of food for these birds. So heliconias are actually an important food source for forest hummingbirds, which also use the plant for nesting. And there is also the fluffy Honduran white bats that live in tents made from heliconia leaves. As this species of birds and bats live mainly under heliconia leaves, Rainforest destruction is a very serious threat. And sadly, most species of heliconias are currently listed as either vulnerable or data deficient by the IUCN Red List of Threatened Species. The lesson that the plant has taught me, well, garden, it needs time. Plants are living things. So you needed to give it the time and space to grow, much like yourself. So. And I've learned that in my quest for instant gratification and for the instant lush heliconia patch, this became a problem itself that took even more time and money to fix. So yeah, the, la the lesson that this has taught me is about patience. Awesome. So heliconia is in a nutshell. 
What we learned today is Plants are way more resilient than we think. Before getting rid of a plant that you think is dead, sometimes it's worth waiting a little bit, giving it nice conditions and just waiting to see if it comes back from the dead. You never know. Just don't give up too fast. And this links to Irene's second point, which is that plants need time to grow and growing plants requires patience. Realizing that plants take time to develop their height and width prevents the overcrowding that comes from making landscape look full immediately after planting. And finally, for all plant lovers who live outside of the tropics, don't have a garden, but do want to grow heliconias as indoor houseplants because of their gorgeousness, remember that they like it hot and humid. Keep the soil moist in the summer and then hold back the water a bit in the winter time. And remember that heliconias won't bloom if you don't give them enough sun. But then the advantage of houseplants is that you can keep moving the pot around the house throughout the year to always place it in a bright spot. And then of course a major thing to consider if you want to grow heliconias indoors is choosing the right type for your space. Many heliconia species grow very large in the right conditions so don't forget to read species descriptions carefully to learn just how big you can expect one to grow before bringing it home. Thanks Irene and thank you guys for listening to episode 2 of the Soilmates podcast. Subscribe, rate and leave a review on Spotify or Google Podcasts. And if you want to play along and be interviewed, get in touch by sending me a direct message on Instagram at underscore soilmates underscore. See you at the next episode. Bye.